How do you do, Film Effect crew? It's that time of the week, which means it's time to welcome everyone in to an all-new episode of FewerCast, our Film Effect weekly entertainment recap podcast, breaking down the week's Film Effect entertainment news from our full effect geeky point of views. Hello again, my name is Ed. Hello, hello. And this week, as with each and every week, I'm joined by the usual suspects, Jocelyn. Hey, guys. Andrew. Greetings and salutations. Justin. Hey, now. And Corey. What's up? Gloria Las Plagas. I know a couple of you got that one. All right. I know we took the last week off, so inevitably we've got some stuff to catch up on, as well as some of the most up-to-date industry news. So let's talk. I may have some breaking news for you, Elliot. Kicking off the week with... uh. Let's talk about this Jonathan Majors situation that I feel like we kind of have to talk about now. For those of you who are under a rock, a couple weeks ago, there was some shit that hit the fan involving him and a domestic partner of his and some uh, pretty, pretty, pretty strong domestic violence uh, allegations and which led to his arrest. And right off the cuff, his manager came out and defended him, said that, you know, oh, we're putting out this thing, we have evidence, we got proof, he's innocent, nothing, this will all blow over, nothing to worry about, yada yada. All right, well, that was two weeks ago, apparently there were some texts, texts got leaked, TMZ posted them, I saw them, I read them, that was two weeks ago, nothing's happened, and now, as of yesterday, he's been dropped by pretty much everyone, his PR firm management agent everyone has dropped him uh, this doesn't bode well for his future with marvel obviously um where, where do we see this going i mean this is just i don't want to call it bizarre i, I don't really want to i, I want to choose my words carefully until more comes out because right now we're kind of like in a stalemate where he's it's, it's like a, it's a he said she said situation pretty much it's brewing right now and um, even with this quote-unquote proof that's in the pudding, I don't see anything else happening as far as his defense, if he has any. I mean, I it's it's really hard to, to speak on these things when you know when we have so much to talk about, so much to go off of. But it, it doesn't sound good for him. Like I said, um, the fact that he's being dropped by everyone. It, it tells me that more has come out that we probably will hear about in the near future. But as of this recording on Tuesday night, nothing. So, um, what do you guys think? We'll start with you, Jocelyn. I mean, like when I first heard about it, I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. Like, that was like the first thing I thought of, especially yeah, with like. I, I posted the thing to you guys. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, um, I I only knew, like, I know he's in, um, he was in the Loki show, but I didn't really know, like, what else he was going to be in. Um, I'm just in Creed 3. Well, no, 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 well, I Marvel. think she's talking about talking Kang. About Mar- oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm talking he, about, like, He was Marvel literally just stuff. introduced a couple months ago in the new Ant-Man film. Like, he's officially the next Thanos, uh, according to... Well, no, he was, he was in the Loki show in the first season. Well, I know, but, like, his character kind of, like... He was introduced kind of like a, hey, remember this guy. But then Ant-Man came out, and having not seen Ant-Man, but I haven't I heard, seen it yet either, yeah. 
but I heard it's it's you know he's the villain of that film, and of course it's his introduction as like this. That's pretty much his grand like reveal as the next big baddie. Right. Yeah, and that's probably why I, I didn't even think of it because we haven't seen the new Ant Man yet. I I couldn't wrap my head around spending sixty dollars for all of us to go see it. Um, that's crazy. And that's just digital theater. That's not like the Dolby one. So, right. 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 But um. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I heard about it, I yeah, I think, I I don't know, I think you sent it to us or whatever, and I was yeah, I like, did, I did. I, well, I think that's like where I first saw it. I looked at Greg and I like I just walked downstairs while he was playing video games and just showed him the article, and he was like, "God damn it!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I'm this type of person that's like, you know, I feel like there's always two sides of the story. I was willing to give ray rice the benefit of the doubt because i was like hey there's two sides of the story and then that video came out and i was like motherfucker (laughs) yeah it's like you wanted you want to defend it part of it but then the other half it's like uh yeah and i'm like i'm huge like devil's advocate like yeah of course i'm the same way yeah so but um I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, nowadays, just even making like headlines, even if you did or didn't do it, it could like, you know, be damaging to your career. I mean, look at Johnny Depp and everything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what happens, but, you know. Yeah. I just, of course. He's got to, you know, he's got to walk a straight line from this point on. <laughs> yeah, it's it, not looking it, good. I mean, he was doesn't... literally just, he's the next, he was the new Hollywood it boy, really. I mean, he was he was everywhere. I mean, they even revoked his invitation from the Met Gala. I mean, that's how bad this has gotten. So, Corey, how about you? What do you think about all, all this? Yeah, I mean, it's just the modern world we live in. Cancel culture. You know, I, obviously, it could be terrible what he did, or it could be really nothing. None of us really know, and that's my point. Like, I don't like the fact that, you know, it, I, we live in a country it should be innocent until proven guilty. So, to me... You know, obviously, I don't know everything that his agents or everybody else knows, but I'm just like, really? Like, I don't know. I I just think people get canceled way too quickly nowadays. It's a shame. His his career's probably dead, or at least dead for now. Oh, it's dead. He's probably going to be done for. Like, it's (laughs) dead. You know, I I heard he was good in Creed 3. I haven't seen Creed 3 yet. I haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't really seen anything with him in it. So I, you know, I can't speak on his talent, but, uh, you know, it's a shame that something like this could happen and it could and i'm just you know speaking you know just out of turn i guess but like it could be nothing and then like his career's dead you know yeah, even if he gets vindicated like he's not going to come back to being like creed 4 and like the whole kang thing's probably done so it's it, you know like what you're saying it's it's a no-win situation for him at this point yeah, it's just a shame. I mean, you know, it's not like the, you know, the Ray Rice thing, like Jocelyn brought up. It's not like we have a video of him like doing something like that. Like, yeah, so you see something like that. Okay, yeah, his career's dead. It should be gone now. You don't beat on women, but in- until something like that comes out, it's like, you know. But uh, again, I can't blame Marvel or anybody else. They have like their family-friendly uh, image to uphold. So you know, there would be a Whoa. bunch of uh, PTA moms out picketing after the next movie he was in if they rolled with him after allegations came out. Well, Marvel hasn't done any- anything yet as of this recording, so let's not say that too much about that part yet. I mean, he hasn't been officially dropped from any projects, but the fact that everyone 
today all of a sudden has come out and has dropped him is kind of a telling sign. I really do believe that in the next 24 to 48 hours, we're going to hear more about this. There's got to be something that's happened that we don't know about yet that has led to everyone after a couple weeks of just radio silence, like all of a sudden, here's your update. He's dropped. <laughs> like everyone has has dropped him like completely. No one wants to do. No one wants anything to do with him. He's pretty much toxic right now in the business. So there's got to be a reason for it. It just doesn't happen out of the blue for nothing. So we'll, we'll find out though. It's, it's hard to go off of speculation right now. But Andrew, how about you? Do you have anything to say about this? Yeah, I mean it's pretty imminent that his career's over from now when that many people drop you it obviously spreads a pretty plaguing situation around your career so i can't really see anything coming as a rebuttal from this on a positive end on his note um which again i don't know what really happened if this did happen i would have to expect that he holds himself accountable for it but if it didn't happen that's crazy <laughs> that your whole career can end in a whole, you know, flash in a pan before it even begins to take off. Because I'm not very familiar with his work and even looking at it, I there's not too many things I would have seen him in. I mean, Creed 3, as you brought up already, obviously, I probably should get around to seeing. I like Rocky and I think the whole idea behind Creed is great. I just haven't actually sat down and watched it yet, but I don't know. Well, I just watched, I saw him the first time I saw Jonathan Majors was a few years ago in the Spike Lee film, The Five Bloods. That was my first time seeing him, um, really. That was my introduction to him as an actor. And then, of course, the same year he was in Lovecraft Country. Um, that's when he kind of took off from there. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I can t- touch on what, it, like I said, I mean, I feel like everyone who's listening to this has to have known what had happened, but, you know, Andrew, you don't know really. So, you know, on March 25th, he was arrested on assault, strangulation, and harassment charges stemming from a domestic dispute with a 30-year-old 30, a 30 woman who sustained minor injuries to her head and neck and was removed to an area hospital in stable condition, according to New York City Police. He was released from custody that day, and his spokesperson denied the allegations, saying Majors has done nothing wrong. We look forward to clearing his name and clearing this up. The next day, he was arraigned in New York City court on charges including assault, attempted assault, harassment, and agitated harassment in connection to the arrest. Following his arrest, the United States Army announced they were suspending his recruitment commercials that he was that he had uh, filmed with them. In a statement released to the public, the Army said, while Mr. Majors is innocent and pro- until proven guilty, Prudence dedicates that we pull our ads until the investigation into the these allegations is complete um on march 25th major's attorney uh said that there were two written statements from the woman recanting these allegations and then on march 30th um the attorney released text messages allegedly allegedly sent by the woman including statements that said they said you had a they had to arrest you as protocol when they saw the injuries on me and they knew that they had a fight and they knew we had a fight i'm so angry what they did and i'm so sorry you're in this position we'll make sure nothing happens about this i told them it was my fault by grabbing your phone i just got out of the hospital um and there were some other ones and then 
the, the, the latest update from then on. So we haven't heard anything since March 30th. Well, real quick, and, how... And then today, he was dropped. How legit are these text messages? That's the thing. They were released, and then that was it. That was the last update. Released by today. who? TMZ? His, no. They were... Well, TMZ posted them, but they were released by his attorney. So... I mean, and that was on March 30th, like I said. That was the last bit of news that we got. That was the last update. And we've heard nothing since. That was two weeks ago. So, it's it, I'm kind of calling in the question, you know, how much these text messages hold up. Because they're kind of vague as to who really sent them and, you know, this, that, and the third. So, I don't know. Like I said, I'll say it one more time. I feel like I'm going to repeat myself now, but... More is coming out in the next couple days, I feel. But that's where I stand on that. Um, other than that, I'm going to wait until there's another update to, you know, say anything else on the matter. So that's all. I just felt like bringing it. I felt like we should talk about it. Um, it's It's been in the news predominantly in the last couple of weeks, and we've yet to mention it. So here we are. That's the point of this podcast, talking about it. So now that that's out of the way... Um, here's another one that I wanted to talk about last week that obviously we didn't get around to because we took a break um bad boys 4 we got a villain Eric Dane of all people Eric Dane from currently he's on Euphoria but a lot of people will remember him from of course Grey's Anatomy um I remember him personally in the film Feast from back in 2005 he was in it as quote unquote hero hell yeah Um, yeah, I love that movie. You get it. You get it. So yeah, he's a uh, uh, um, villain of Bad Boys Four. So, um, not that Bad Boys was ever a franchise known for their strong villains. So, um, it's more of a big name person than the last couple. Actually, I don't. I would actually argue that Eric Dane's the the, the biggest name actor who's ever been a villain in this yeah. series. Yeah, the villains are definitely not the strong point. They're all I mean, kind of lackluster. They're, they're good characters. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they're... Uh, I would... I don't think anybody's that watching... The most known. You're not going to watch Bad Boys for that. You're going to watch Bad Boys for Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Well, true. <laughs> but the action films and all action films have to have a villain. I mean, that's what every fucking Stallone or, or Seagal... Not Stallone... Oh yeah, we can throw his name into the hat, but I was actually thinking about Schwarzenegger, Van Damme. No, Van Damme in like the eighties and nineties in Seagal. Like their movies, there was always like a big known actor playing the villain, especially with Van Damme. Like Lance Henriksen was the villain in Hard Target, or uh, um, Michael Caine on Deadly Ground was the villain. Yes, kids, Michael Caine was the villain in a fucking Steven Seagal movie. Look it up. I love that movie, by the way. It's it's got Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> in it too, and John C. McGinley. It's it's got that one's got a pretty underrated fucking villain cast. It's, when it's he kicks a, Mike Starr's ass in the bar and then like gives him that yes. speech about being a man, I that's one of my favorite scenes in any movie. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, fucking Michael Caine in that movie with that terrible dye job on his hair. <laughs> I mean, it's so black. Like, no way Michael Caine has fucking hair that black. Come on now. <laughs> That's maybe the last entertaining Seagal movie. I think after that, I, I don't know that I can name one that I like. I think so, too, because what was that, 94? 
uh, I think it was a little later than that. I want to say it was mid to late night, like maybe ninety seven ish. But may, no, because ninety five was, was Under early. Siege two. Right, it was after Under Siege two. Was it? Yeah, so I'm thinking ninety six or ninety seven. Because I know um, ninety six, he had that executive decision scene, or yeah, it is pretty much a scene. Right, that that cameo basically where everyone's like, "Wait, Steven Seagal? What?" thought he was going to be in this the whole movie. Now we got to deal with fucking Kurt Russell the rest of this film. I'm sure there's a lot of fucking pissed off people with that bait and switch move on that movie. <laughs> but, uh, now nah, I got to pull it up here. Um, I hate to say this. I hate when I have to say these words, but I'm right. 94 on Dudley Ground. Is 95 on oh, yeah, look at that. I just I pulled it up myself. Yeah. So, but the point is, like, you know, most of them, there's, there's fucking, they put out like one to two a year and, you know, the villain was always like some B or C actor, you know, except for Michael Caine's instance, it's fucking a A-list actor. Not that he was an A-list actor in 94. So, you know, times have changed, but yeah, um, you know, I'm personally, I'm having fun with these Bad Boys movies. I really enjoyed Bad Boys for Life. Talked about Bad Boys 2 already. Fucking love that movie so much. The first one's just a classic as well. So, I mean, they're dumb fun. They're like... I mean, they're Bad Boys. You know, you love them or you hate them. I'm sure Justin hates them. I'm sure Jocelyn doesn't give a shit. I know Andrew likes them. I know Corey likes them. And, uh, yeah... I don't mind them. Hold on. That was a lot of responses <laughs> at once. Justin, you go first. I'm just, I'm like, I'm more in what you said Jocelyn would be. Like, I, I just don't, I've never watched one start to finish. I just don't care. Like, oh, okay. I've talked about my feelings of Michael Bay on here before. I just, I don't, I don't see in his movies what. He's not involved anymore. He hasn't done it. Since no, yeah, before. I know, but I'm talking about the first okay. two. Like I just and yeah, like some yeah. I've seen some people say the Bad Boys Two is one of the best action movies ever made, and it's like I don't know. I've, I saw enough of it to not think that that's anywhere even in the fucking ballpark of the best action movies ever made. So I don't I'm know. I just I, I, I think Bay is overrated. Like people want to make them into some kind of like trash all turn. I just I don't see it. But do you think they're actually being serious when they hype yeah, him up like Yeah, oh that? yeah, there's a whole thing. I mean, I know like, we gave him an entire fucking month of episodes last year, but, I mean, it was all in good fun. It's not like we actually praise him like, like a serious filmmaker. You know, Koi and I had our share of opinions throughout those five weeks last year talking about, you know, endless Bayhem movies. <laughs> it was fun, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna, I can't take that away from us. I had a really good time doing Bayhem month last year. Yeah, it, it was fun, but Bad Boys 2, if it was like a person, it would be like your high school bully. Like That movie <laughs> is like mean as shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being a discussion. Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, it's Especially fun. That fucking scene in the goddamn the the uh, electronic store. Yeah, yeah it's that's fun. But it, it's some cringy stuff in that movie for sure. <laughs> that's just how Bay is, though. It, that seems like his. We, and we talked about it during our pain and gain episode. Like it just seems like it's right. his personality. He's just like a rich asshole, you know. I think mm-hmm. I think that comes through in all of his movies, which is I think one of the reasons why I don't like his movies. Has anybody else, uh, Andrew? What, what were you gonna say on the matter? I mean, 
I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I was going to say upon the matter, oh. honestly. But I do, I do thoroughly enjoy Bad Boys, though. I mean, Bad Boys. I, Has I'm anybody seen for life? I'm actually surprised how much I like Bad Boys Three. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I've seen it actually twice now. It's one of those rare films that I actually go back and uh, went back and saw again a while later. But Corey, have you seen Bad Boys for Life? Yeah, it was fun. It was okay. good as far as like a you know a sequel. Uh, you know, long in the two sequel goes. I liked it. I mean, I was sad uh, about a certain character. Yeah, going yeah, away. that really bummed me out. I, that was. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually thought that was a little overboard, but that's beside the point. I want to say that was the last movie I saw before the pandemic and theater shut down. Because I remember seeing that because that came out like. As a matter of fact, because of the pandemic, Bad Boys for Life was the highest grossing film in 2020. Uh. But yeah, here we are, fourth film, uh, sooner than expected from a Bad Boys sequel. I'm used to like waiting eight to 20 years, but here we are. Uh, knowing that, I kind of wish they would have held off on using Bad Boys for Life as a title for the third film because missed opportunity should have been the title for this upcoming movie, but here we are. Um, anyway, uh, also today it was announced that uh, Netflix, end of an era. No more DVDs. I didn't even know they still sent out DVDs. I honestly thought the same thing, too. I saw that, and I was like, oh, I see we're making a big deal about this, and I thought we stopped doing this five years ago. <laughs> what are DVDs again? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no more red envelopes. Gonna miss them. Yeah, have, I'm sure somebody a, will miss them. Just light a candle and have a moment of silence for the red envelopes for Netflix. Haven't seen them in 11 years. I know it's mostly, you know, not a thing at this point, but that early Netflix, like, that was invaluable to me at the time. Like, I, I used the shit out of that fucking thing. That between that and um, Video American here in Baltimore, the, the old now out of business video store. Um, yeah. Oh my god, I saw so many movies through through those two. You know, it, it's Netflix, man. That was just the greatest. And then I remember I got excited when. You could like stream it on your 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 on your computer. I started watching shit that way. I'm like, oh my god, Netflix is the greatest thing ever, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I kind of held a grudge for a little bit of time because they kind of hurt me with working up Blockbuster and it didn't put me out of a job because I jumped off that ship. You know, I just found myself working somewhere else before I could get let let go. Like a lot of people unfairly terminated towards the end of that run but um I personally never signed up for Netflix for the envelopes never had anything shipped to me where I had you know to fucking send it back I remember Corey didn't you and Smith subscribe I remember I vaguely remember you or him with like those fucking red envelopes all over the place yeah, I, I had Netflix and I had Gamefly back in the day. I had the Gamefly. movies and the video games. <laughs> yeah, I did both. I, I did a shitload of uh, movies that way. Yeah, I saw a lot. Because at the time, like, when that was popular, I was broke in college. I couldn't afford to buy stuff. Later down the road, I just bought shit. You know, I was like, right. oh, I'll just right. if I'm interested, I'll just buy the movie because I collect. But uh, at that point, I could, you know, it was a lot cheaper. Send it back, get more movies. So uh, I thought it was, like, the greatest thing. That Indian plot. Good shit. Like it wasn't just like your basic blockbuster movies, you know? It was it was 
some obscure shit that they had through that, like more than that they have, have ever had through their streaming service, which is frustrating. I wish the streaming would catch up to what the old mail-in was like. It never will. It's gotten worse. Like yeah, the, it's got. Yeah, they it, drop shit. I know it's crazy. I mean, if you if you look at this streaming, like probably eight nine years ago, like I mean, you had a lot more options on there because other companies were yeah. actually leasing out their content. Now every company wants their own freaking service, so they they're all separate. Yep. It's actually gotten worse. Agreed. Andrew, you were gonna say something. Did you forget? No, not okay. this time. But <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never, ever used Netflix as far as that goes. I used the fuck out of Gamefly, though. I feel like Gamefly was just an infinite amount of value as far as, like, being a gamer goes. I think it was... I don't even remember. I think it was, like, maybe $20 a month or something like that, but, like... I think it was 20 bucks a month. But, my God, I played so many just stupid video games that I, I would have never actually spent hard-earned money on that I... Some of them I thoroughly enjoyed. I remember specifically... um. I think it was Army of Two. Like I played that game on GameFly. And, <laughs> that game like, was so stupid, but fun. Game, I would never buy that game, <laughs> but for the love of God, I had such a fun time playing it. So, yeah, that game. Like honestly, we were just talking about Michael Bay. That game seemed like it was made by fucking Michael Bay. Oh, that yeah. game the, was the, so the, stupid, but fun. The only reason I actually got it is because Nolan North was one of the voice actors introduced Nathan Drake. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll play another Nolan North game. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I never had GameFly. Um, that 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 mention took me back. Oh man! Also, um, not that we talked about it on the podcast, but I know in our group thread, I when I read about it the other day, I sent the article about um, Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon being like for some four and a half hours long, some like Gone with the Wind type runtime. But no, it's officially, according to the deadline, it's clocked in at 3 hours, 26 minutes. So it is like Irishman. It's a breeze. It's it's shorter <laughs> than Irishman. <laughs> Quick sit. It's a breeze, exactly. In Scorsese no, time, it is a breeze. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, obviously, shit. I'm still down. I mean, uh, you know, he's one of the oh, greatest yeah. directors ever, one of my favorites. But it's, yeah, it is, it is funny to just make a joke about... Like, literally, probably by the time he's done, ready to retire, or before he passes away, it'll probably be five-hour movies. Like, I feel like he's just going to keep creeping up, and who's going to tell <laughs> Martin Scorsese to fuck off? Like, nobody's going to tell him no. He's just going to keep making longer and longer. Yeah, well, I mean, the last it's... two before this were The Irishman and uh, Silence, which was three hours. So, yeah. yeah, it seems to be his jam at this point. He doesn't have it in him to release a two-hour movie. Wolf of anymore. Wall Street three hours? Yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a fucking so. comedy movie. <laughs> and it, it's it's premiering just next month because next month is con. Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully we'll get something other than that single frame that they keep fucking putting in every yeah. article. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The frame of him with that goofy ass haircut in the Indian. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, so wait, one how more long is that end. movie? One more time. Three hours, sixteen minutes. Isn't the Irishman much longer than that? Well, I thought about that after I said it out loud. I was like, wait a minute, Irishman's longer. I thought it's three twenty-six. I read. Okay, three twenty-six is what yeah. I meant to say. Not sixteen. It was four hours and sixteen originally when right. I said. 
Uh, yeah, okay, that's what it was. I was excited for the four-hour version. So was kinda I. Bummed, I was kind of like, bummed out. I'm like, man, only three and a half. Mm. I know. Like listen to us. Switch. Uh, one more, and this is something else. Um, that I'm surprised we haven't brought up yet, and that is uh, Twisters, this sequel to the '96 film with Bull Pullman and Helen Hunt. Even though this isn't gonna have nothing to do with those characters. It is a total different Bill story. Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. You know, yeah. you, you get it. <laughs> Pullman, Paxton, you know how it is. Um, so, and, uh, Glenn Powell, Daisy Edgar-Jones, and now Anthony Ramos from the upcoming Transformers film, uh, Rise of the Beasts, have uh, signed up so far for this. Amblin Entertainment and Universal Pictures is putting it out next summer, July 19th. Uh, do we have a director? Do we have a director? Do we have a director? I do not see a director. Uh, yeah. Somebody find this film a director. The director of Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, is at the helm. Screenplay written by The Revenant's uh, Mark L. Smith. Co-financed by Warner Brothers. Overseeing the project for Universal, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Um, I'm kind of on the fence with... I'm... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I really do enjoy the 96 film, but I'm kind of like, why? If we're not going to, if it's going to be its own thing. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. I, I have no idea where to even fall on this. I'm kind of like stumped on this movie. Um, I'm sure Justin hates it. So, Corey, where are you at, where are you at on this? <laughs> I know you too well by this point. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. Without Bill Paxton, uh, I don't know. I I think they waited too long on this one. I I like Twister. I I don't know. I always enjoyed it. I, I, really I remember do like Twister. Yeah, it was like a cool phenomenon summer blockbuster movie. It was fun. I always appreciated The Shining. Uh, made a little yeah, cameo yeah, in the movie yeah. too. Uh, That's you know, a legit scary scene. I don't care what anyone says. I actually watched it in the last year, and I was like, this fucking scene's pretty tense. It really yeah. is. So, it's but effective. I, yeah, it. I, I mean, I like the movie. Is it's completely ridiculous, like strapping yourself to a thing just, oh, yeah, and surviving inside the got twister. Its fair share of flaws for I sure. I mean, like, like I mean, they would be like ripped limb from limb, like <laughs> something like that big. But uh, it's just dumb fun. Like you know, I, I always uh, really liked uh, Jamie Gertz in the, in the movie too. Just like you know, she's like, "That's a cow." Like I, I always thought she <laughs> oh, was. Oh, honey, I gotta go. We got cows. <laughs> Got cows. I always really liked her, but yeah, it is great. I mean, it's just I. It's hard for me to imagine without Bill Paxton, but you know, it is what it is. I, I'll go see it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm not gonna see it in theaters, but I'll definitely stream it. And I'm sure I'll shut my brain off. It'll be a good time. I mean, one of my yeah. favorite things about the movie is the side cast. I mean, we oh, were talking yeah. like Anthony Rab, Jake Busey. Um, well, damn, Philip Seymour Hoffman ain't Philip making a Seymour return. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Je- Jeremy Davies, Todd Field. Alan Ruck. Alan I mean, Ruck, yeah. You know, Carrie always. It's fucking awesome, this cast. And then, yeah. of course, you know, uh, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, uh, Bill Pullman. Uh, no, uh, it's. I've always been a fan of it. John DeBond, the director, uh, former cinematographer. It was a big movie. Twister was huge. Saw it in the theater. I remember when I bought it, um, when it came out on video, and I had it, and. Uh, my science teacher and I was in seventh grade 
was asking me if it was like she was like, Ed, I know you're the movie guy. And she's like, if, you know, if I wanted to watch, if I wanted to show Twister in class, and you know, if we could just use your tape, and I can, you know, borrow it for a couple of days, because obviously I gotta show it to other classes too. You know, would that be okay? I know it's PG-13. Where you at on it? And I'm like. Uh, you know, there's there's not like any nudity or anything like that. There's just some cuss words here and there, but it's pretty much for characters in peril and stuff like that. Nothing too bad. And then we watched it for like three days. Over three uh, over three days, we watched Twister and like there's like there's some moments in that movie where like there's some, they're dropping some pretty serious foul language and it was like fucking I'm sitting there cringing and laughing all at the same time in seventh grade watching Twister and shit and watching my teacher like get redder and redder after every cuss word's getting said so it was great fun times it's one of the one of the things I'll, I'll think about when I you know think about this film in particular so that reminds me like this is totally off the beaten path where you're talking about watching movies in school like that so mm-hmm. i was in, in fifth grade it was like the end of fifth grade year um you know getting ready to graduate from my elementary school i guess the teachers just didn't give a fuck at this point <laughs> um they, they were winding the down the clock year. you know yeah it was like the literally last week of school and we watched halloween and the first oh vacation my god <laughs> oh my god it was the greatest week of school of my life were they the tv cuts <laughs> no no it was like the Jesus. you know vhs tapes full full unedited and i mean i had seen them both already but it was well, just I mean, fucking amazing to watch those in school I mean, straight both didn't films. <laughs> I mean, in, I mean, you see Sandy Johnson's breasts in the opening like two minutes of Halloween. Uh, well, you see Beverly D'Angelo's in the Beverly first vacation. D'Angelo, I was about to say, you see hers pretty early on in Vacation. So, oh, that right there, and then like you know all the language like. Yeah, it was amazing. Fuck your mama. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fucking honky lips. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> See that car down there? It says rib tips. Rib tips. <laughs> oh, fuck I just, that. I just like to imagine like Justin's teacher is like, I'm going to show Halloween and vacation. How is that, Justin? Oh, yeah, there's nothing to worry oh, about. Oh, yeah, I would have totally like been, yeah, no, it's fine. I watch them all sure. the time. Totally fine. There's 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 there two a couple of tame movies. Nothing to worry about here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right, um, let's move on to the stories that you guys are bringing to the table to the conversation. Uh, Jocelyn, we'll start with you and your article. You're up. All right, I want to talk about this uh, Harry Potter reboot, the TV <laughs> series. Um, I don't know. I'm like I'm kind of on the fence with this because I like the original movies. I think that they're great and I enjoy watching them. Um, but this is going to take place. It, it's going to be a series that it's, it's going to span for 10 whole years. So it's going to be a, oh, yeah. a decade yeah, it, like, long it's series. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. The way HBO has been, you know, handling their shows you know, recently. I'm sure it's going to last every bit of 10 years. And I feel like it's, it, I, I'm not I think it's gonna be good, but like when I think of Harry Potter, I think of Daniel Radcliffe. If you know what I mean? Like I, I think of them and that ship has sailed, exactly. It's over right. that 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 franchise or that that part of the story, that arc has been told. We've seen it, we've read it. I mean, 
Right. If they it's not broke, why fix it? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. they already tried to recreate the magic with Fantastic Beasts. Look how that turned out. I enjoyed those movies. I actually... Well, the GP didn't, so... Yeah. I mean, they've I already mean, cut it down from five to three. I mean, so, so the article says it's a faith, faithful adaptation adaptation oh my god right? adaptation of all seven original books so i i mean i think with it so each season so it's a reboot basically what it's gonna be about like each season is gonna take place um like is one of the books so, so like the first yeah it's a reboot yeah oh oh yeah yeah huh. yeah so yeah, it's, it's not like, like all Watchmen. new characters. It's not like new stories or something. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. So okay. I think we're gonna get a lot more of like stuff that you know they had to leave out in the movies. Um. Wow, they're gonna reboot this series twenty years later. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So, not even twenty. I mean, if you think when the last movie I came 20, out, two thousand one. No, I'm, I'm talking about when the last movie came out. It hasn't even been twenty. You know what I mean? It's no, like, yeah, the last film was what two thousand eleven. Yeah, you gotta wait a generation or two. But I, but I mean, they, they wow. don't. Whoever the powers to be that make these decisions don't give a shit about like that. It's it's um that franchise is a you know, way to print money, and that's all they care about. So, so wait. Like, yeah. We're not even going to make new ones. We're just going to reboot the one that everybody knows and Ooh, likes. Right, right. It's just the yeah. most cynical fucking cash grab, the you know? The more I think about it, I'm thinking right now, like, who the hell came up with... Who came up with the number 10? There's seven books. Because you do, like they did with the movies, you, the last two they split, right? It was yeah, the but, last three. I mean, you know, maybe, split yeah. into two different maybe you can get away with like the first two books being just one season, but wouldn't you have to like have two seasons worth for every book after that? Especially well, the Prince of the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, I which think is she book. she wrote like another book after the series what was it like something about the something child or something like that i know it was like a broadway like musical oh like the so, cursed child the or cursed something. child or something yeah so i mean i don't know if that's gonna be yeah because there is only se- i believe there yeah i believe there's seven books it is and there's eight books. movies because the last movie they split in right you know into two because like, every was so hollywood much. every franchise finale back then had two like a two-part finale yeah. Gotta milk that cow the, every way you can, you know? So, I mean, I'm excited for this. It's just, I like think about it starting and I'm like, yeah, my kids are really gonna be into this when it starts. But then I'm like, they're uh, gonna be fucking adults and moved out of the house by the time it <laughs> ends. Like, when you think about it that way, it's like, it's strange. 10 years is a long time, but. Yeah, a know, lot can happen in 20 10 years. 20 years, it's not even. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, wow, I'm now just I I totally overlooked that one. I didn't look at it. I didn't read it as a remake completely. Damn, I, I, yeah. I don't know. that's my opinion there's right even, now. Too soon. There's like a couple. Um, they already have like a couple like characters too that it's like rumored. Like I I think I even saw like Adam Driver to play Snape. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of them are like big names. Adam Driver's like fucking rumored for every project in Hollywood right now. I swear. I think he'd make a good <laughs> Snape though. I mean that's that's personally my favorite Harry Potter character. So I I I could see it. Some of the other ones I'm just kind of like I don't know. I just keep imagining you know like the the original three. But 
I don't know. We'll see how where this goes. I'm I'm excited for it, but I I'm still very loyal to the original movies. Um, I mean, personally, I just saw this series for my first time in like the last few years. So. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, yeah. I do think it's going to be cool, though, that they're going to get more, like, you know, probably more content than stuff that they couldn't really deep dive into, you know, regarding the books and stuff like that. So, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. What do you guys think? Uh, I've never actually seen Harry Potter before, but I will say <laughs> if you're a big fan of, you know, an, an initial property, I guess, or... or just an IP in general, whatever they call it. I'm pretty sure it's... Intellectual property. property. Intellectual property, there you go. I mean, if you're a big fan of something, like, I'm a big fan of The Last of Us. The fact that everyone got to see The Last of Us on HBO would just made me very happy because it's a absolutely fantastic story to experience. So if, if they made a Last of Us musical, hypothetically, I would tell people to go see it. I mean, if you're a big fan of something, yeah, you want as many people to see it as humanly possible. So maybe not too many people want to see the movies. Maybe they would rather see it in like a television form. Or maybe the people that did see the movies want to see it like elongated in a television form. You know, whatever have you. I, I mean, it's, I can get behind it. But like you said, holy fuck, that's going to take a very long fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a good long luck, ass time. Good luck on the endeavor. I mean, look at The Walking <laughs> Dead. How many people actually finished The Walking Dead? Let's be fucking real. I never started it. <laughs> I'm just it, saying, it like... Had a, it had a yeah. few. It was a small percentage of people that stuck through to the end, but... All I'm saying is, them. it's... You gotta understand how long of an endeavor this is for people to actually want to sit down and watch this once a year, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, how many seasons was Game of Thrones, though? Five. Eight. Right? Eight. Oh, no, God it was eight. eight. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm, I've watched that since season two. I binged season one before season two started. So, I mean, I guess it could happen. I got I got married and had a kid in the time, too. So, like you say, like, mention, a lot can happen. Not to mention, there was a lot of hate given toward the last season of Game of Thrones. So, that, right. you know, people fall out of shit. And start but, to critique. but at the same time, like he, you know, they kind of were like on their own with that because they didn't finish writing the book. But at least with Harry sure. Potter, it's like they have all the content they need there, you know. Yep. All right, uh, Andrew, you are up. Folks, Put somebody gonna, else go up. Gonna... I want to. It's, it's somebody else go up. I want to actually like research this a little bit more now that it's a week later. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Okay, Corey, go on, brother. I'll be back in a few minutes, guys. Corey, go up. You're up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my article is pretty simple. It's just about the new season of True Detective. Um, I know Ed's gone. I know Ed watches uh, it, and I love True Detective. I love anthology type shows, and I think the first season of True Detective is some of the best television I've ever watched. Uh, the season with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson. Uh, but, you know, all three seasons have been um, enjoyable. I really liked uh, the latest season that had Stephen Dorff as uh, one of the leads as well. Uh, but this new one sounds really cool. It's So it's True Detective, Night County, or I'm sorry, Night Country. Uh, and it's starring uh, Jodie Foster um, trying to solve a murder in Alaska. It's ba- basically a bunch of like Arctic researchers go missing. And people just think, you know, they're just missing. Like they just disappeared. But... Uh, Jodie Foster plays a detective and she's trying to, you know, figure out, solve the murder. 
Uh, so I love the setting. I, I, I'm just imagining this dark, dreary, like, Arctic climate. <clears throat> and I think that makes for, like, a great pulpy noir-type show. So I think that's, like, a awesome setting. And it's cool Jodie Foster's going to be in there, because I don't even remember the last time I've seen her in something. As soon as you said I mean, that, like, I literally thought of, like, Fargo meets Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Yeah, that that's basically the vibes I'm getting here, and I'm really excited. I mean, like, like I said, the first season was fantastic. Second season, eh, it was like hit or miss, and the third season was like return to form. So I'm definitely excited for it. I'll I'll be down. I I, I love these type of shows where it's just like a every season. Fargo, also, I, I'm a huge fan of Fargo. I haven't watched the um the new season, season. With Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, but I love the anthology type just because you never know what you're gonna get. Like, that's you know that's what I was getting ready to ask you. Like, is it something like that where like each season's a little bit different? I know Fargo, they kind of ran into each other a little bit. Um, yeah, but now, these are completely different. Like so, different like, the first stories, se- basically. Yeah. So like the first, it's just true crime. So like the first season is in Louisiana, and it's Woody Harrelson and um, Matthew McConaughey like down in the bayou solving. A murder, and then the second season, I think it takes place in LA. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it had like Colin Farrell and Rachel McAdams. Like it's just completely different settings. And the latest, se- the third season, yeah, what exactly? It, but takes place in the South, so it's like a different setting, different characters, completely different uh, mystery each time. But it, you know, it's gonna be like a pulpy type noir. It's gonna have commentary and awesome characters and. You know, like a winding story. So it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm excited. I'm glad they're bringing it back again. Yeah, the I don't first know if anybody season. Else ever checked it out. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm a fan. The first season is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. I yeah. um, I actually yeah. just read like within the past month bought it, like bought a copy off of Amazon. I was like, I want to go back and rewatch that. Um, the second season, it it started off awful like the first four episodes were four like i was like oh my god this can't be the same people who were involved in the first one as far but it was it <laughs> it's was, pretty bad it was yeah. nick pizzoletti or I, I forget exactly what his last name is i think i'm mispronouncing that but um it, it was unbelievably b- bad and sean and i at the time like because he was a fan of the first season too and so we were all excited for this and we used to hate watch it and then we had like you know um message each other on facebook about the you know monday during the day about the previous night's episode and how bad it was and we just like shit talked it all season but by mid-season to the end it actually it, it was still bad but it wasn't like laughably bad and that was actually worse like i enjoyed the the first part of the season when it was just like like i was pulling my hair out at how bad it was um, but and then, like you said, part three. I, I I don't think it comes anywhere near being what part or, or season three. I don't think it was anywhere near as good as season one. But it no. was something of a return to form. It was a lot better. I, I remember it not being a great ending. I don't even remember what happened in the end. But I just remember thinking that was a little bit of a letdown. But it was a very good season all in all. Um, so yeah, I, I'm ex- and it, I think it is all new people involved this year. I don't, I don't think it's it any is. of the people, yeah, who had anything to do with the past seasons. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I watched the trailer a couple times. I, you know, I, I've always found the, the the Alaskan setting so fascinating, especially when they use the the darkness aspect to it. Like uh, Insomnia comes to mind, both the original and the remake. Uh, and then also thirty days a night. 30 days a night um i believe the gray also tampered with the uh the the, the 
the setting as well. But, <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. The big fucking CGI wolves. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, and, and this is no different. This upcoming season, Jodie Foster, nice seeing her, you know, tackling a little project that reminds me of her role as Clarice. So this will be uh, kind of a return to form for her. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not quite sure when it's supposed to premiere. Did, did they give a date or just later on this year? I think it was just later on this year. I don't remember a yeah. specific date. Okay. They usually always premiere during fall, but yeah, know, it'll probably come out around September, October this year, later on. But it it really does look good, you know. And I gotta be honest, and I hate that I'm sitting here admitting this, but I haven't even watched the third season yet, and I've, I've been wanting to. Oh, it's so it's so yeah, much it's better good. than the second season. It's not as good as the first, like Justin said. The first season is like. I I would have to put it up there with like one of the best seasons of any show oh, ever done. Oh, yeah. absolutely! It's First different level shit because it wasn't it wasn't just like a crime show, which it was, and it was a great crime show. Mm-hmm. But it it would they they would like go off on these philosophic tangents that were just like that you just don't see in that type of uh, you know a genre piece, and it it was just. It was some and like Matthew and that, McConaughey was so fucking good, man. I was like, he was. And unfortunately, he got nominated for an Emmy at the same time when Brian Cranston was getting it every year for Breaking Bad. I, I think, <laughs> and I I didn't watch Breaking Bad, so I can't speak to that. But um, it, Matthew McConaughey was so good that I thought he deserved he deserved Grammys he, like shit that didn't even have to do with acting. Just give him Nobel prizes. He, Give him he every was. award. That's that's how good he was in that performance. But in, in in his defense, though, Cranston was going for the Emmy for the final season of Breaking right. Bad. Right, he was exactly. just, it, was, it was a given. He given was like it. a fuck as as good as fucking McConaughey was in the first season of True of True Detective. Don't get me wrong, he was like fucking perfect. But yeah, that 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 final season of Breaking Bad is untouchable. Like, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. fucking, you can't even argue. Cranston in, in the final season of Breaking Bad, it's, there's, it's no contest. So, um, and, and also, uh, one more thing I wanted to point out uh, in the first season of True Detective, that season, that episode four 12-minute shootout with a continuous yeah. take is just nuts. Like, that's just, that's just so nuts. Like yeah, that's just, one of the best things I've ever seen on television. Yeah, it's, my jaw was just yeah. floored. The third season is good though. Like, yeah, it's, I'm it's looking forward to it. Most TV. I like Stephen love... Dorf, man. I, love I was, was really going to say Stephen Dorf. I fucking love Stephen Dorf, man. So Maharashi Ali. I mean, that guy's a kick-ass actor. He is. No, he, he is. was great too. Yeah, but yeah. Stephen Dorf, dude, I, I'm loving him getting play. So yeah, he was gotta, really good in it too. I gotta fucking see it for my boy. Oh man, I still think about them blue e-cigarettes for that he fucking was the spokesperson for every time I think about Stephen Dorf. <laughs> and I think about those commercials in black and white with him on the beach. Oh man. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What the hell was that? That Oh, fellas, what the hell was the tagline in all those ads? He had like I, I remember, six but I couldn't tell you the tagline. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking of fucking Blade. He's like, some motherfucker's trying to ice skate uphill, and he fucking Steve Dork dies. We're all adults here. It's time we take our freedom back. Come on, guys. Rise from the ashes. That's what he says. Rise from the ashes. That's what he says. Rise from the ashes. Yes. Oh, man. Go on. Who's next? I was 
Well, I was going to say something about Brian Cranston, but obviously oh, okay. say, my, my on, whole bro. microphone cut out or whatever. So if you want to play this back or edit this, you can. But I, I honestly think Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad, especially in seasons three, four, and five, is the best acting I've literally ever seen in my whole life. So it doesn't really surprise me that he won the Emmy. Although I am interested in seeing, um, seeing that. I, I've never actually seen that show before. So True Detective is what I'm talking about. You need to. It's so good. I thought you were going to say Breaking Bad. I know, I know, right? <laughs> I, wanted so to clarify, I wanted to clarify that because I realized that halfway through, but... <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Um, cool. uh, J- Justin. Um. Well, the article is not so much interesting. It was about Addison Ray like, doing an Instagram dump of... Uh, photographs but the photographs were of uh filming for the eli roth movie thanksgiving white meat dark meat all will be carved thanksgiving yes um yeah so you know it's finally it's something that's been talked about Pretty much forever since it's been the, rumored the for the last trailer. 15, 16, yeah. 17 years since it's fucking per, per the, like the preview doing uh, um, Grindhouse. Grind, Grindhouse, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really happening. They're it actually happening. filming it. Filming, uh, they're filming, filming raps this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fairly far into it. So um, are, are they shooting for the end of the year? I didn't see the release date. It comes out November seventeenth. Yeah, that's Tri- what I thought. TriStar's thought... putting it out, and uh, Patrick Dempsey is the star. Yeah, Mc- McDreamy is the sheriff. He's the Michael Bain character from the preview or the faux fo- the the faux view, um, the faux preview, whatever. Addison Rae's in it, of course, like you mentioned. Gina Gershon was just added, as well as Rick Hoffman, who was in Hostel, another Eli Roth film. Um, this uh, act. This act, child actor uh, Milo Manheim, Manheim, who is on like a f- handful of these Disney zombie movies, he's going to be in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm of course I'm looking forward to it, being you know the, the the genre fan that I am, and knowing about this project. I mean, like I said, it's been talked about ever since that faux trailer from Grindhouse <laughs> back in ninety re- or two thousand seven. I remember being in the theater when we saw it, and I remember the theater was just cracking up the yeah. entire time that preview was playing. That, not all the previews and, were a hit. Yeah, that but, and Don't were the two biggest ones, I would say. Yeah. That, and but, then and then when Nicolas Cage showed up as Fu Manchu in the fucking <laughs> SS werewolf uh, preview from Rob Zombie. Yeah, but I, I remember Thanksgiving, I think, got the biggest laughs I, that from the crowd. That was pretty hilarious. So I'll never forget that. Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Even though Eli Roth is definitely hit or miss for me, but yeah, I don't think I've liked an Eli Roth movie since Cabin Fever. So, uh, have you seen Green Inferno? Yeah, I was actually going to say Green Inferno is pretty fun. That was okay. I I hate it because I love Italian um, cannibal movies, so I was really looking forward to that. And it's got like fart and diarrhea jokes and just yeah, like, oh my I was, god, I was what let the down fuck it. is going on here? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's coming out. So we'll be talking about that as we get 
more. I'm sure we'll have a preview sometime this summer and some more news to talk about. Andrew? So, over the past week, I've been reading up on an article that basically says that the new Super Mario Brothers movie is going to, like, kind of put Disney in a bad place as far as their animated films go. And I thought to myself, like, that doesn't really make any sense. There's only one of these it movies. It doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, if you really think about it, Nintendo's obviously going to see the money grab for this, and they're probably going to want to, you know, spread this franchise out. And Nintendo has, goddamn, a gold mine of video games they can make into movies and animated films, and obviously Yeah, but people... do you think... You think it's going to be as big as Mario, though? Because, like, I mean, Zelda's pretty big, but when you go outside of, like, the video gaming community, it's not as main. I don't know. Mario is, like, kind of their only mainstream one, I would argue. I mean, I get yeah, that, but I, it's I not like... It being a hit like this. I feel like people are downplaying Nintendo, though. Like, fucking kids love Nintendo. Like, that's, like, a known fucking fact. It's been that way for, you know, three or four decades. So I just feel like the name Nintendo at the beginning of the movie itself will kind of put asses in seats. Uh, I don't do I know. Think it'll I don't, be a I, I just, when I think I, of Nintendo, I think I, of Super Mario Brothers. Like, no, instantly. I mean, I see what Andrew's saying. I, I think of Zelda too, but I think it's only the hardcore Nintendo fans that think of uh, outside of games of, of Mario and think more of like Zelda and shit like that. Um, I think if you put... If you make a Zelda film in the vein of same vein as this new Mario film the um the 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 uh, what is it Aluma what the hell what's the company Illumination Illumination so I mean Illumination puts out Zelda it's not going to p- draw the same box office numbers as Mario especially the the numbers the kind of numbers that Mario is currently bringing in which even I'm surprised um is happening the way it has been um I just don't feel it's going to have the same effect as Mario. I'm not doubting the fact that it's not going to be a hit. I think it'll be a modest hit, but not a massive one the way Mario has turned out to be. Um, yeah, sorry, Andrew. Continue. I, I didn't mean to derail. I, I know you weren't done talking yet. <laughs> sorry. Well, I yeah, mean, I'm done th- too. Go on, brother. What I'm trying to say is like you could kind of throw Mario into the mix of all these movies. It doesn't have to be a standalone Zelda film, but something adventurous or whatever that kind of you. revolves around Zelda or whatever like a like like a, like a Nintendo like world or whatever or universe that's what I was trying to think of what I was sure. looking for the universe yeah like a Nintendo verse yeah it, that's more or less what I'm getting at you know okay. everybody yeah. everybody kind of doubted Marvel at first and god damn it I don't blame them what who the fuck watched Iron Man who the hell knew Iron Man was before they put him in a movie so it's you know just got to give it a shot obviously this is a big shot so I mean, I wouldn't doubt Nintendo for doing it, but I don't think... The point that I was getting at is I don't think it will really derail or scare Disney. It's fucking Disney, obviously. But if Nintendo could even put their ball in the court, that'd, you know, be a big turnaround for that company. Yeah, I right. think it's pretty interesting, the fact that, like, they're partnered with uh, Universal, like, because it's, like, obviously Universal and Disney have been duking it out in the theme park uh, world. So, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. Now you got Marvel and... Disney and now you got Nintendo and uh, Universal on the other side because I've watched some videos at uh, Nintendo Land. I want to go to one so bad. That looks so fucking cool at Super Nintendo Land <laughs> in the Universal Park. So I like the fact that uh, Universal's kind of got their own kid-friendly thing now other than the fucking Minions. Yeah, I agree with that. 
All right. Well, then, now that we've got all the news for the week out of the way, correct? We've all had our moments, correct? Right? Yep. Yep. Thought so. Let's move on then to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. And we're going to talk about one trailer this week. We're a week behind, but I don't care. Although we're still a year out from its release, HBO, <clears throat> sorry, Max, gave us a trailer for the upcoming spinoff show, The Penguin, that's currently in production. This, this is one of those moments. You gotta ask yourself, what kind of life do I want? The world ain't built for guys like us. That's why we gotta take whatever we decide as ours. It's Carmine Falco's right hand. Try to push me out. You ain't seen what I can do. If you step out of line, even once, I'll gut you like a goddamn fish. You imagine the people saying my name in the streets after you're gone? That would mean something. <laughs> the new king Pentagotham. I'm so happy to see Warner Brothers taking this wonderful separate world of Gotham so seriously, making it its own thing separate from whatever DC's doing right now, giving it the careful attention that it requires to advance the story. They're giving this universe its own space over here and allowing us to see things from a new perspective without Batman hanging around. Its purpose is to develop Oswald Cobblepot and eventually allow us to see his transformation into the iconic villain firsthand. Does anyone else think Colin Farrell resembles De Niro as Al Capone from The Untouchables in this trailer? <laughs> I sure as shit was giving those vibes. <clears throat> He's I certainly agree. doing a, a, a De Niro type performance, which I love. Like I, 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 Me too. I'm really looking forward to this. Like, you know, they, they chickened out on Mario giving this thing. Hey, it's a Mario voice, but like <laughs> Colin Farrell, <laughs> Colin Farrell's definitely doing like, hey, what are you talking about? This guy kind of voice, like I, I, right. I so just lean into it and fucking do it. It's gonna be great. He like, it, it, you know, I, and I know it was by design, but the fact that he wasn't in the Batman more bummed me out because he was like the highlight of the movie for me. He was one of them for me, too. Absolutely. Um, and this is great that we're getting this. I believe it's six episodes. I know it's a mini-series uh, or, or whatever, a mini-limited event or whatever. It's like the length of a Scorsese movie. No. Yeah, more <laughs> or less. Just broken up. So, you know, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool that we're getting this trailer so far out. I mean, they're literally still in the middle of shooting it. So they was, it was cool that they got this little package put together for us to give us, uh, you know, a pretty uh, a good look. Really, I was surprised that, you know, it looks the way it does. Um, just seeing it because they just got into production not that long ago. So to see all this footage and the way it turned out, you know, so early, it's like, damn, it's impressive stuff. And, you know, I like uh, to imagine it's just like Colin Farrell in his trailer and makeup. 
just <laughs> talking shit, and that's what they put out on the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just looks great, and I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, it's just, it's really cool seeing this side of I hate to make it another villain reference, but this side of the coin. Like I said, without Batman around, so you know, it's something different. It's it's unique, and it's something that they're doing. Outside of everything else going on in DC, you know, this is its own thing. And I love that, you know, Warner Brothers and I guess now I can thank James Gunn since he's kind of responsible for allowing this to continue on without, you know, we don't have to worry about Superman or something else like, you know, someone else from another IP coming into the fray. Like, no. This is its own, you know, universe, and it's going to continue to be its own universe. So, what the fuck alone? <laughs> In the meantime, Penguin, yeah. So, do we think he's going to actually turn into the actual villain by the end of the first season? Or is it going to be a, is it a limited, like, one time? I mean, I guess the numbers will yeah, tell us. Yeah, leading into the next movie. Yeah, I guess. Wherever it leaves off with the show is where it'll pick off and uh, pick up in the movie. But do you think we'll see him the, within those six episodes? Do you think we'll actually see like the penguin and not Oswald? Yeah, I thought it was already the penguin. Well, yeah, right, you know what I that. mean, like the, the signature look. Like I don't know. Even if they're going to turn into Danny DeVito maybe they're gonna go, <laughs> at the I, end of the I, season, <laughs> who knows I was what direction to say they're going to go in? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's different interpretations of the penguin because, like, the original penguin was just like, you know, just a guy with a monocle. It kind of looked like a penguin, and then in Batman Returns, he's like a fucking mutant. <laughs> so, I mean, there's like different, uh, there's different levels of penguins. So, I'm, I'm interested to see. Kyle uh, gonna wobble go around craving fish. <laughs> like, yeah. At the end of this first season, I need a fish. <laughs> I mean, like you watch the old Batman series. I mean, Burgess Meredith just had a fucking cigarette holder in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's that was his penguin. I played so, uh, this stinking you know, city like a heart from hell. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I so there's different variations of penguins. So I'll be curious to see, but this is like kind of like looks like De Niro penguin, I guess. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm calling him. So I don't know. I'm interested in the show, obviously. You know, I love Batman, so I'll, I'll definitely be there. But yeah, I, I, I agree with Justin. It's probably going to lead into the next movie and then we'll have a movie. And then maybe in a year or two, we'll get another series, hopefully, or something like that. Yeah, keep doing these like one-off miniseries events for like every villain that you can just bring them in this way like give them their a full you know it's it's, it's good character development it's it's a way to like make us understand them before the next film like that's they, they could just do these sort of things you know building up to the next i'm sure they're going to be doing like three or four movies at <laughs> least so who knows uh, but in the meantime, like I said, it, it's its own free reign universe. There's no fuckery going on. We ain't got to worry about no other outside characters coming into the fray. It's just its own thing, and I like that. Keep keep it up. Um, so yeah, now comes to the point of the episode where we give out our weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? All right. Andrew? I can go first. All right. 
Alright, so <clears throat> the movie that I'm going to recommend this week is On Deadly Ground. <laughs> Wait a just minute. To re, just, to just to reiterate, it's a 1994 <laughs> film that features Steven Seagal and Michael Caine. See, Michael Caine deals with oil. And Steven Seagal deals with ass whoopings. You don't fuck with Steven Seagal. Now, I also want to point out the fact that this made $28.1 million extra on top of the budget, which probably only covered the advertisement, but whatever. It came out in February 18th, so it's more of like a winter film, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, sure, that's how it doesn't work. matter. Let me also point out the fact that Steven Seagal directed this film, because let's face it, nobody else is going to direct this fucking thing. <laughs> um, I That's also, why he did direct that movie. I, I also want to point out that Bart the Bear is a star in this film. And if you don't know, oh, who he Bart is. The Bear Bart the Bear's is, in that movie. If you don't know who Bart the Bear is, neither do I. Oh, I but do. I know Bart the Bear for real. Yeah, I know Bart the Bear. Is he's in the, he's movie, in the Edge? Is this movie like the one he? Uh, uh, like where it had like an environmental message, yes. like a She's really like heavy Indian. handed. He plays like an Indian. Oh God damn! I remember me? this fucking. He's asking. No, I'm asking the people who've actually seen the movie because I think I've seen it too. Yeah, he's got like the fucking uh, feathered uh, earpiece and shit <laughs> dangling from his fucking robe. <laughs> he fucking went brown face. Uh. <laughs> he's got that tribal fucking jacket that he fucking wears. Oh my and god. Michael Caine and that fucking really black hair. <laughs> he, might well have, he might as well have a fucking Vince McMahon mustache, too. I think he you does, know, people... doesn't he? Oh my god, I think he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Called that one. <laughs> people, you know, people talk about culture appropriation, and Steven Seagal has to be one of the most fucking heinous <laughs> offenders I have ever seen. Because you watch like the Steven Seagal Law show, and he's like in LA, he's like, or not he LA, talks um, like he's um, fucking Louisiana, like urban like, or something. I know, I've been in the bayou all my life. You're like, aren't you from fucking Hollywood? <laughs> like, no, because I'm from the bayou. <laughs> like, just, listen to like, the way oh, he talks, man. and like, remember Half Past Dead, that fucking. Movie, he was in jail and shit. He's from the rules in it or something. Like uh, yeah, he talks, like he's fucking black in that movie. Like calling people cuz and shit. He says cuz. <laughs> like I'm not fucking making guy, that up. The, you the watch that guy movie. that falls out of the plane at the end of the movie with his that fucking, fucking wink. That fucking yeah. scene, dude. The guy, never forget that scene. The guy like rips That's off the only his reason shirt. I remember that movie to reveal he's strapped with all these bombs and he fucking gives. Off this wink, like, uh huh, hubba hubba. He also looks like the dude from um, the Six Flags commercials, the dancing old guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six bombs, more fun. fucking off. Oh man, we got to do an episode on Deadly Ground now. There we go. That's great. So, Andrew, what are you really recommending? Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Not the new one. The 1993 one. <laughs> yeah, the Bob Hoskins See, classic. Hell yeah. See, this this film is terrible, but it's good. It's it's terrible in a good way, I suppose. 
But the more I look at it, the budget is forty-two to forty-eight million, and the box office is thirty-eight million. I don't know how this movie did not make <laughs> <God>. shit. <laughs> I don't know how this movie didn't make shit in the box office, but it's got Bob Hoskins, it's got Dennis Hopper, it's got John Leguizamo. Just go see it if you haven't already. I'm sure you have, but you probably have and probably think it's terrible. But just go back and rewatch it. You're probably yeah, still going to hate a, it. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking <laughs> Hispanic guy playing an Italian. See it. <laughs> and my, Bob Hoskins is British playing a plumber. Yeah. Go see it. Check it out. I saw it in the drive-thru. He's British playing a plumber. You say that like they don't have plumbers in Britain. Shut up. Yeah, they don't <laughs> it's all so, talk, it's so don't weird talk they that they have Britain fucking Brooklyn plumber. accents. All right. Oh shit! I've uh, never seen it. I actually just bought a copy off of Amazon for like five bucks because it's like, all right, I gotta fucking watch this movie. That I oh, you do? Oh my god, you've never seen it before? No, I've never seen. I'm you kind are of going to have a blast. Yeah, I'm excited. Me. Yeah, definitely uh, sit down and watch it for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll go next. So I'm recommending this film. Came out back in 2005. It's called London. Uh, London's grounded drama. It's got Captain America himself. Chris Evans. Takes place in a shitter. Jason Statham. Mrs. Justin Timberlake. Jessica Biel. Takes place in a shitter. No. <laughs> a lot of the film... Uh, Corey's right. 80% of the film takes place in a bathroom. And it's it's during this party. Uh, the gist of it is Captain America is fucking bent out of shape because his ex, uh, Jessica Biel, is engaged and this is her engagement party slash going away party because she's moving out of like to the other side of the country with her fiance and it's a big you know glamorous new york party and shit and uh he shows up and he's a junkie and he's like in the whole movie it's like him and jason statham in this bathroom a big ass bathroom upstairs just doing fucking lines of endless lines of blow and talking about just life and their problems and stuff like that and it's really like um philosophical and shit and 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 the the, the stuff they talk about ranges from like ah god they 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 just bring up they talk about a lot of different stuff that i found fascinating uh and the chemical brothers do the entire soundtrack for the movie too so i love the score for the sound for the, the this movie but yeah it's just a movie that just got overlooked I guess it, uh, I remember hearing about it coming out and then nothing crickets and I, I caught it about 15 years ago when um, late one night I was couldn't sleep and uh, it was on stars it just started and I watched it and just fucking I remember watching the entire movie the whole until like 5am just didn't turn it off I was just I, I was telling on going back to sleep, but no, the film had me. It's a good film. I, every time I used to bring it up around Sean, like he would never want to watch it for one one re- reason or, or another. I probably know why, but you know, it's it's. I really enjoy this movie. I don't know what it is about it. You know, me trying to sell it to everyone right now it sounds like the most boring fucking movie in the world, but I mean, I've already seen it. It was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So you know. So it's. You know, it's 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 dialogue driven. So <laughs> just remember, Statham, Jason going like, Statham ah, breaks out, you no, dirty bitch. Yeah, 
<laughs> the stuff that Jason <laughs> Statham talks about in this movie is worth the recommendation alone, especially the scene where he talks about going to the fucking uh, the sex dungeon. Yeah, yeah, that happens. And then there's like, because Jason Statham is in the movie, there's like a random fucking like five minutes fight scene that breaks out at the end of the movie because you gotta have a fight scene with Jason Statham. So yeah, that happens too. But. Yeah, check it out though. It's a really fucking wild movie. Called London. It's pretty simple. So, uh, Coy, what do you got? So this one's a guilty pleasure of mine. I'm in no way saying this movie's good, but I've enjoyed it. I I remember I was like a teenager when this movie came out, uh, and that's Carpool. Uh, it's a '96 oh, movie starring Tom, Tom Arnold. Yep, David Tom Arnold, Painter. David pa- David Paymer, Rhea Perlman, and Best of all, Kim Coates as a detective. Oh, that's right. Um, Kim Coates is in that movie. Yeah, he's the like the main detective chasing him. Yeah, that's uh, it's right. free on you. It's free on YouTube right now. That's why it popped up uh, for me. Like it, it popped up on YouTube. Oh, I nice. was like, yes, please. I'm gonna watch this right now. Uh, you know, I'm. They I got like some Tom good Arnold. Movies this month, by the way. Yeah, I like Tom Arnold. Like he plays like a good, lovable buffoon, and that's what he is in this movie. So, like, he's trying to save, like, the circus, essentially, and that might sound stupid, but the whole movie is stupid. Like, he, he tries to rob a bank, and then he takes a, a bunch of kids and David Paymer in a minivan hostage, and they drive through a mall, Rachel which I thought Lee was Cook. the coolest thing. Yeah, Rachel Lee Cook is one of the kids. I don't, honestly, I don't know if any of the other kids ever really were in anything else. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, it was entertaining. Like, you had the stereotypical kids. You had the, the hot girl, Rachel Lee Cook. You had the awkward guy trying to get with her you had the smart ass kid you had the weird kid it, you know you had it all the stereotypes thrown in there and it, it was entertaining to me it, it's completely stupid and ridiculous but uh it was a throwback to my uh you know teenage childhood pretty much so i i, I remember watching and like i said tom arnold's enjoyable is like the lovable foon and i love david pamer and that role too is like the uptight dad so, uh, entertaining movie, but completely ridiculous. But hey, it's free on YouTube, so how can you go wrong? They've been getting some gems in the, in the free section, YouTube. I watched just about a month ago this old movie I grew up with, uh, uh, with uh, Richard Grieco called If Looks Could Kill. It's okay. this James Bond ripoff that came out in 1990. Uh, it was my introduction to Linda Hunt, actually, that, that saw that that was on there, and I watched it, and I was like, oh my god. This movie's so bad, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> like Richard, Ro- yeah, Ro- uh, Roger Rees is the the villain of that movie, and uh, Roger Daltrey from The Who is like the opening scene. It's just, yeah, it's guilty pleasure of mine. So, uh, Jocelyn, what do you got this week for us? Um, I finally saw Avatar: The Way of Water. Okay, nice. okay, nice. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I liked it. A lot. Um, it was long. Gunner. <laughs> it sounds like it's, you loved it. That's, yeah. <laughs> it was long. Yeah. Um, well, it was like 10 o'clock at night and uh, my cousin was over. Greg, he got his wisdom teeth pulled out. So he was like, let's just watch a movie and stuff. So I was like, all right. And Gunner was like, let's watch Avatar. And I'm like, all right. Are you going to stay up? He was like, yeah, I promise. <laughs> it was 10 like, minutes later, out. Like, yeah. yeah, like 30 minutes into it. I look over <laughs> and he's on my shoulder with his mouth wide open, just like drooling and stuff. I'm like, great. So I looked at Greg and I was like, should we turn something else on? 
And he was like, nah, we're already into this. And I was like, okay. So we stayed up to like, I feel like it was like 1.30 in the morning <laughs> watching this movie. Um, it sounds like you really loved it. It doesn't sound like it was a chore at all. <laughs> Visually, I thought it looked fucking fantastic. Like, it it, it looked incredible. Um, I... I, I really thought I but that, I wasn't surprised by that I knew that going into it that it was gonna look great I mean it looked great just by the trailer and everything um I like like the whole family dynamic and like that aspect of it and you know just seeing this family that they built together and how they work together to you know protect each other and and all of that um the uh oh god what is her name I'm like totally blanking right now Zoe Zaldana no, 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 no. Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. That was weird. <laughs> because... <Yeah. laughs> a little bit. I'm hearing Sigourney Weaver's voice, but I'm looking at, like, her teenage daughter. And, like, like a women, like an older, mature woman's voice coming through her is... It was just weird. It kept throwing me off, like, so much. Well, they pitched um, it so it sounded like a a girl's voice it wasn't like just sigourney weaver's voice straight up coming out that's all i heard <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's all i heard but um i mean i i think i like the first one better um i feel like and i think i like the first one better because they focused more on pandora because if you watch the second movie you know why that's you know n not a part of it anymore um and I just thought, like, I just love, like, the magic of Pandora, the, the, the lights and how everything lit up and, uh, you know, things were glowing and all that stuff. I just thought it was really, really cool how they had a world like that. And then going to Disney World myself, you know, like, we go, like, once a year seeing Pandora in person. It's it's just breathtaking. It literally is breathtaking. Um, But I don't know. I, like, I, I thought that kind of sucked not having that in it. Um, but I, I did enjoy the movie. It, it was long, but I'm glad that I finally watched it. I don't know if I would make it my number one film of last year. I'm actually shocked that you would have made it that, Ed. Because I was like, I really don't see him liking this, but... You know. oh, I loved it. Me and Justin both loved it. We both came out of that film both saying to ourselves in the parking lot, like, can't believe I fucking loved it as much as I did. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm shocked that you loved it as much as you did because I didn't. Oh, I like... was just like in awe for every moment of three hours watching that movie. Like, I don't know. I mean, our experience was a little bit different because we saw it in IMAX laser 3D. Uh, but still, I mean, like, even just visuals aside, like I was really into the story and, and whatnot. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any means, but. It still yeah. was so much better than I could have ever imagined it being. Um, and it's just yeah. the most generic plot in the world that we've seen done to death. But there's just something about it that Cameron did something differently that I don't know what it was. I can't quite put my finger on what it was that he did. But whatever it is, like, I fucking just, it, it worked. You know, it worked. So yeah I, I mean i think he did a phenomenal job um i didn't realize until like halfway through that that was actually kate winslet and i i thought that she fucking nailed that like i i yeah. 
she was amazing yep. and i my cousin was telling me that she won she did like some kind of like um uh like she broke a record as like oh holding uh, breath like the longest yeah like like an actress acting underwater for you know like the longest like period of time yeah, what the hell was i thought like, that was pretty she cool say she held her breath for like nine minutes how is that even possible <laughs> I got to I, I I question that 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 no, that's, claim. that's I that's not what I my cousin told me that she was just the longest it was like the the lo, like as an actress it was the longest role of like somebody acting underwater was like the record that she broke like yeah, acting that's what I'm saying. in like, the I thought water. it was I don't think it was her actually holding her breath the longest no. I think it was just like her acting in the water I remember sense. reading or seeing something rather on um, it might have been just a random video that popped up on YouTube about the film um, and they were talking about it was her describing how you know she was training in and out of the water like to hold her breath longer and longer mm-hmm. so I don't know it's pretty crazy so yeah. I think uh Justin, you're the last one with the recommendation. Yeah. Um, go. Sorry. I'm, I want to do two if that's okay. And I'll be quick about it. I'm not going to go long about either one of them. Um, but the first one. Hold on a second. Watched, real quick. Real huh? quick. Before you yeah. do your, your two, I just really quick wanted to get out of my system. I completely forgot about it. But also on my end, if you ain't watching Succession's final season, you're fucking up. Especially right now, boys. This <laughs> fucking show is doing things like the last two episodes alone were just fucking bangers, straight bangers. So you yeah. can't spoil it. I ain't, I'm not. <laughs> but Succession is just fucking dropping tens all season long so far, and I'm here for it. That's all, Justin. Going, brother. Um. So the first one, um. Just because, like, it, it sort of died down now, but John Wick Four Fever was kind of like, you know, and it was in everybody's mind. So it, it prompted me to go to finally watch the Raid Two, um, because mm. I always hear how how awesome that is, and it's no joke. Um, you know, we talked earlier. People said the Bad Boys Two is one of the greatest action movies ever made. The Raid Two is one of the greatest action movies ever made. Um, really. Oh, you've never seen it? I've seen the first one. Yeah, I saw the first one too, and I wasn't bowled over the way everybody else was. So that's why I never rushed to go see the second one, even though I okay. always heard good things about it. Um, well, the problem with that one was that it came out around the same time as Dread, and they had similar plots, and that was the right. top of the town with the similar and it, and similarities. It just, for me, like, and I, maybe I was just in the mood the night I watched it, but for me, it was like the way I felt about John Wick 3. After a while, it was just like, how many more fucking fight scenes can I sit through? Like it, right. it literally is just like a fight scene from start to finish. So it became numbing after a while. Um, but the raid two actually has like some story to it. The performances are all really good. It looks amazing. Uh, and the action is jaw dropping. And, um, the thing that I really took away from it was how much the John wick sequels owe a debt to the raid two. Um, there, there's a lot of the raid two and, and John wick two, three, and four. So, um, hmm. that, that was my biggest takeaway from that. Um, 
and it's just it's fucking amazing you know watch it for that reason alone and then yeah, the other I, I should now definitely i, I yeah I really yeah like check the it first out. one yeah yeah I, I i actually want to go back and rewatch the first one now because of how much i like this one nice. um and then the other movie i want to talk about's an old movie um you know older than we usually talk about on here it's a movie called vampire from 1932 um carl theodore Dre- uh, dreyer movie it's okay. one of the and the reason i i kind of was prompted to watch this and and bring it up is just we were talking about nosferatu a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and um it's like this movie nosferatu and the the bella lugosi dracula are like the the big three vampire movies that kind of set the genre in place um you know and set a lot of the themes that that we still deal with in vampire movies and um this is i've never seen i've never seen nosferatu or the the bella lugosi version i need to see both of those um but this from what i've read is the the artier of the three uh vampire and it is it's it's very like very much an art movie it's short it's only 73 minutes long so it's not like a slog um it's just it's just fucking gorgeous though like it it looks you know like like a nightmare um it, it kind of tells it, it doesn't have like your basic vampire with fangs and and turns into a bat and all that kind of stuff the vampire is a very small part of it actually um so it's it, kind of like, like- kind of like the hunger well it's it's a lot like dracula in that it has the the sort of the jonathan harker character like a guy comes to 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 this uh in in the country and then there's like an estate nearby and that's you know all the vampire shit's happening at this inn and and this estate and there's like um a Lucy character who's under the thrall of a vampire. There's like a, a Mina character who teams up with Jonathan. To, it's her sister who's who's turning into a vampire. So um, it, it very much follows that basic formula of Dracula. Um, mm, but yeah. it's just it's just a really stunning fucking movie. And like just the camera moves for for being in 1932, um, you know. A lot of shit. They the, the like the camera moves are like kind of Scorsese type camera moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really interesting. It would actually, I think, probably pair well with um, Coppola's the, the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie because um, that uses a lot of old in camera effects. Um, this movie has a lot of great in camera special effects. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they would they would probably make a good double feature. So uh, I know. Older movies, especially that old, uh, old nowadays means before two thousand, but really <laughs> something that's almost a hundred years old at this point. You said thirty two, nineteen thirty two. Yeah, I, I, even like I'll somebody tells it. me to watch, you know, they're like, go watch this movie from nineteen twenty eight. Like I kind of roll my eyes. Um, <laughs> I, I try to watch. I, I try to be better about those movies the older I get and, and get more of those in. Right, right. I got um, gotcha. you. But yeah, I, I think if if those kind of things usually aren't your jam, this might be one. Um, it's just re- very hypnotic, you know. Especially if you like art movies, it's it's good for that sort of thing. So yeah, check it out. 
All right, well, kids and heroes, it's about that time to wrap things up as we have reached the end of the episode. But before we bounce, let me remind our listeners about the never-running collection of our film effect content that can be found over at the archive on our website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com, as well as all major podcast platforms. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the latest news and announcements that we have coming up. The Film Effect Podcast on Facebook at Film Effect Pod on Twitter. And if you have the time, then please leave us your ratings and reviews on the show on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, or directly at our website. Once again, thefilmeffectpodcast.com. This past week on The Film Effect, Corey and I returned to the cabin once again to cover 2013's Evil Dead for the 10th anniversary, as well as coinciding with the release of the new film Evil Dead Rise coming out this weekend. It's just a really solid episode featuring lots of behind-the-scenes tidbits and us calling attention to certain things that make you go, hmm. All in all, I'm really happy about the end product. Please check it out if you haven't already. Coming up next week on The Film Effect, we're doing two. That's right, count them two special episodes for everyone. One on the original Alien film from 1979 from Ridley Scott that's dropping on April 26th, a.k.a. Alien Day for all you nerds out there. And then on April 30th, we're celebrating halfway to Halloween by giving The Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Freddy's Revenge, the full film effect treatment. Two films that have been a long time coming for us at least. I love it anytime we get to have, you know, tackle anything from the genre. So these will obviously be two special episodes to do, and I'm 88.7% certain that these will be the last two horror films that we do until August, when Jason Goes to Hell turns 30. And before we sign off, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my four co-hosts for all they do, and to all of our listeners for staying true. And until next time, I am Ed. I'm Jocelyn. And I'm Andrew. I'm Justin. And I'm Corey. Bye, cuz. And that's the end of another Furycast. You get what you get, you don't get upset. See ya. See ya. All right, gang. We're going to see you all again next time when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll. Concludes our broadcast day.